This episode has mentions of sexual abuse and may be triggering for some. Please proceed with caution. All right, guys, you are rocking with Cheryl and Natty, and we are back with day 17 of Uncaping, Unmasking, and Unhiding, our 30-day series where we are peeling back the layers of four superwoman archetypes. And today, or this week, we are working on Annalise Keating. You are listening to the Shades of Stone podcast, where we are doing our part in dismantling the myths and the stereotypes of the strong Black woman by creating safe and sacred spaces for Black women to uncape, unmask, and unhide. Say hey to the people, Natty. Hello to the people, Natty. How are y'all oh doing my today? Gosh, please stop. <laughs> Ew. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, hey all y'all. Hey. <laughs> yeah, so shout out to you guys for continuing to rock with us during these 30 days. We are little over the midway point, and we are super excited about all the work. Ooh that we are doing because it's been a lot of work. Listen, I was just telling Lana this morning, I was like, I did not realize, because she was like, where have you been? And I was like, I did not realize that it was going to be so challenging to do 30 consecutive episodes, but I don't regret it. Here we are. I am loving it, and I feel like people are being helped, and people feel seen, and they feel heard, and they feel supported because we are having these conversations. So yeah, yeah. it's worth it. It is all worth it. It's totally worth it. These are things that we should have already been talking about, but now that we have a little bit easier of an easier time, thanks to just the interwebs and being more connected with people who might not live right next door to us or whatever, it's wonderful that we're able to have these conversations now because it's never too late. And I'm glad that we're we're doing it now. And we have been doing it for what now? What three years now? Oh my gosh, has it been three years? Oh my gosh. Well, we're we're in season four. Well, yeah, because we started in 2018. Oh, yeah, 2021, Ooh. but season four. Girl, it's been a while, huh? We've been out here doing things and having conversations. Yes, honey, yes. we've been doing things. And you guys have been doing things, too, by tuning in. So we are so appreciative of that. So, yeah, day 17, Annalise Keating. And today we are going to talk about her trauma response. And day 15 and 16, when day 15, we talked about what her cape and mask were. In day 16, we talked about her kryptonite, which was her need to control. And today we're going to talk about her trauma response. And so when we talked about Cookie Lion's trauma response, we immediately immediately was like, she's fight. But what do you think Annalise Keating's is? Is she fight or flight? You know, I think my opinion, and I could, I could be completely wrong about this. I think her response is also to fight. It, her fight just looks different. People fight in different ways. Not everyone who fights is the throw hands and throw bows type fighting. Some people are, they'll cut you with words fighting. And that whole thing about six and stones may break our bone, but words won't, it's names, but words won't, will never hurt us. That's not true. Words can hurt very much. You can go 10 years, 15, 20 years down the line and still remember some very harmful words that were said to you. And so some people will fight like that. They will, they might cuss you out or they might say very, very cutting and harmful things that they know are going to, that are going to break you in a lot of ways. That's also a form of fight. And I think, and again, this is just my opinion, I think another type of fighting is when you get grimy and dirty and underhanded and you go behind the scenes and you do things and you, well, you manipulate. You manipulate yep. things to try and control that 
come. That is also a form of fighting to me. And to me, that's like fighting. That's, that's a, that's a dirty form of fighting because the people that you're fighting may not even know it, but you're definitely on the offensive. You're not necessarily on the defensive. You're on the offensive because you are taking action to harm someone else. And I think anytime you're taking any kind of action, whether it seems more passive or not, I think that's a form of fight. I think flight is a little different. It's when you really withdraw and you retreat, not because necessarily you're a coward or anything like that, but because you just shut down and, and withdraw. Maybe because you're afraid of what would happen if you were to fight. Maybe you would do something extremely violent and you want to protect yourself and other people from that. Or maybe you're afraid of what you would say because you might take it too far and say things that you can never take back. I know that for myself, I'm not the fight person that I used to be when I was younger. I'm much more of a flight person because I know that I have the capability of taking it too far. And I don't, and I have, I have done things and said things to hurt people before, and I don't want to do that anymore. So I just withdraw and shut down. But I do not think that the, I don't think that the manipulating thing is that. That's not withdrawing. You're still very much in a fight. You're just doing very underhanded and hidden things to win. So I think Annalise's trauma response is still a fight. It just looks different from cookies. That's interesting because I thought just the opposite. Well, like, I thought, like I said, it's just an opinion. Right, it's just, just an, an opinion. opinion. I thought, or I think, hers is like, and I say that because, like, you at first, I was like, okay, she's fighting for her life. She's doing all this manipulating. She's fighting in court. She's fighting here. She's doing this. You know, kind of like you said, that's what I thought at first. But then the more mm-hmm. I thought about it, I asked myself, why is she saying this? Why is she always on the move? Why Why does she always? Because if you watch the show, you've noticed that she rarely ever sits down to the end of the night. And even then, she, her mind is constantly going. And so I was like, okay, so she's always in the courtroom. She's constantly strategizing. She's planning and manipulating and controlling, you know, and just doing all the things to make sure that everything comes out the way she wants them to turn out. Then I thought about my own life. And like Annalise, and probably like so many Black women, I have a shared trauma with Annalise because I'm a Black Uh female survivor of sexual abuse. I reside in a Southern state where Uh biblical principle Uh and what happens in this house stays in this house is the running thing. And so when I was thinking about that, I was just like, I know what it feels like to hide behind the business of it all. And so in my hiding, I was running from the stuff. And so I I didn't immediately think, but after I gave it some more thought, I thought, okay, so maybe hers is flight because she's staying busy so that she doesn't have to deal with the real Mm. problem. So that's, Mm -hmm. so when I started thinking about my own life, I was just like, because that's what I did, like to avoid thinking about all the trauma and all the things that had happened to me, then I made sure that I was always busy, always had my hands in something. And then even at night, I would be taking care yeah. of You know what I'm saying? You know, just so I wouldn't yeah. have to think. So I heard this flight. So, but maybe it's the combination of both. I love this. I love that we're, that we've got two slightly different takes on it because mm-hmm. that, that shows, I think, that shows a the value of, of each perspective. And I think it adds some depth because what if it's a little bit of each what if it what if it really is fight and flight? Because everything that you just said too is valid. Like right. us trying to do whatever we can to avoid, that is definitely flight. Because that's like a form of withdrawal. So yeah, if she's doing that, 
in addition to doing all the underhanded mess to make sure, you know, I'm going to crush my enemies or whatever. Right. Then, yeah, there's room for both of those in right, in, in the assessment. So yeah, that I'd be interested to know what other people might think too, or if they or if they or if they relate to to one side more than the other. But I Please love that you brought tell, that up. Tell us what you think her response is without researching the flight and trauma response. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Don't go research because there's it. a third one too. There, Do you remember what it is, Shirley? There's actually four. Oh, okay. There's so there's four the, of them. The okay, fight, yeah. The fight, freeze, and something else. Freeze one that is the one that I was thinking of. And yeah, yeah there's some other there's one, and fight, I can't remember what it is right now. And fawn, I believe. And fawn is, I believe, is when you just completely shut down. Mm. Yeah, I don't know all the characteristics of all of them, but I do know there are at least four of them because I studied it when I was in school. Yeah. I can't say it right offhand. Yeah. But I do know that there are at least four. Right, right. So I wanted to look at some of the things, just like just based on the conversation that you and I just had, you lean more towards fight, I lean more towards flight. And so let's just kind of look at some of the things that she, that she went through and see, is she fighting or flighting? Mm, she might like I said she may honestly be doing like a combination of both uh-huh, uh-huh. okay so let's just look at look at her history so I do have some some of the things that she had gone through somewhere here hold on just a second y'all hang on because like well, I said there was a stuff with her uncle there was a starting with at the beginning uncle. she was married to like I said nanny and I we can't remember all this stuff but yeah <laughs> So um, she was married to, um, dang, who was she married? She was married to Sam. Wasn't his name Sam or something? His name was Sam. She was married to Sam. And Sam was actually her therapist. And she ended up in a relationship with him. So he manipulated her into a relationship with him. And he was married at times. Oh, Lord have mercy. Manipulation. Then she later met, she falls in love and later married Sam. Ooh. Anyway, I'll come back to that later. (laughs) Okay. And then so she was involved with. I think I think she was involved with Nate at the same time that she was married to Sam. And it may be, it may, she may have gotten involved with him when she found out that Sam was cheating on her. Not 100% sure about oh. that. Y'all can go back and check it. And then, of course, she, she had gotten pregnant. She had had a number of miscarriages. Oh, yeah. She had a number of miscarriages, but she actually carried a baby to about seven, maybe eight months. And then she was in a car accident and the baby ended up being stillborn. So these are just some things Ooh, I think that Lord, she made. That's that she, a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. So these are some things that I think that maybe she may be running from. So flight. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, she was raped by her uncle. And rather than her mom addressing the issue and acknowledging that her uncle was sexually abusing her, she instead burned the house down with her uncle in it, still not acknowledging, but kind of just being passive aggressive about it. Yeah. And so, yeah, she was dealing with And that. also murdering someone. Not to oh, have, yeah, that you know, say, oh, we got sympathy for, right, for the just uncle. Kill him. So it's like, whoa, this, yeah. is, this is a crime. <laughs> right. Oh, and then one of her students actually killed Sam and she's she's help, helping them cover it up. And so, yeah, so that's those are some of the things that I think that she may be air quotes flighty and so that that makes me lean towards more of okay her trauma response is flight but on the flip side it could also be fight because now she's been through all these things so maybe she's fighting for her life i don't know well and just how she reacts if people don't do what she wants and how she sets out to to make make them pay you know what i mean like that sort of thing that can be fight yeah yeah, I mean, that's right. just what I was thinking of, yeah. Okay, so we would love to hear what you guys think. What do you think her trauma response is? And like I said, don't go researching the characteristics and all that. 
just let us know. Hit us up in the Facebook group or where else can they hit us up? Uh, Instagram. Oh, I'm not really posting on Instagram right now. Um, So, yeah, the safest bet is going to be on the Facebook podcast app or inside the group, the Facebook community. So, yeah, I'm still leaning more towards flight, but I, I can easily see where it can be a combination of both of them. Because even with her being a recovering alcoholic, I feel like she probably used alcohol as an escape yeah, to yeah. deal with some of it. Been there, done that. To deal with some of to deal with some of the things that she's gone through. And so I like to ask our listeners, what what is something that maybe you've gone through and you found yourself staying busy to avoid thinking about the thing that happened to you or the thing that happened to you? What about you, Nat? What are some things? What is something you've gone through? Do tell, dear. Do tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just says this is not. When you answer the question, do you think you are fighting or flighting? Okay, yeah. Well, this is something that I'm, I'm pretty sure I've shared before, so it's not like a it's not like a sensitive type of like, oh, I can't talk about it. But I like surely like so many of us, I am also a survivor of sexual assault and not. I guess not, and and sexual abuse. Uh, not the the first time, but like the second time I uh, experienced this, my reaction to it was it was pretty bad. Like I ended up in a very very deep spiral. Uh, of depression. I was in college, and so I ended up being put on academic probation because uh, I was, I was, was really getting really close to flunking out because I definitely just withdrew, fully withdrew. And I was not going to my classes. I was sleeping all day, and then I wouldn't leave my dorm room until the evening to go eat. And also, I had like some jobs. So the, the jobs that I had that were evening jobs, I would go to those jobs. The jobs that I had that were early morning, I would go to those jobs and then go straight back to my dorm room. And then I wouldn't leave the dorm. I would just sleep all day. And so I stopped doing my work. I stopped going to classes. Only went out in the, in the evening to eat and do and to do my whatever evening jobs I had. And then I was also in a choral group, a college choral group, and the rehearsals were in the evenings. So oddly enough, I, I guess I felt somewhat safe in the dark because mm-hmm. this was like winter time in New Hampshire. So it got dark at like, it started getting dark at like 4.30. It was like, whoa. And being from Atlanta, that was a big culture shock, a lot of things. But for whatever reason, I felt safe in, in the dark. And during the day, I did not feel safe. I was very, very afraid that I was going to run into this person. So I don't know what made me think I wasn't going to run into him during the evening. But yeah, I didn't think I would ever run into him during the evening, but during the day, because everyone's out going out to classes. So that was what I did. I, I avoided and I didn't. And I'd love to say, oh, yeah, you know, and eventually I got therapy and I, I saw a counselor and I dealt with it. None of that happened. So that was just trauma that got stuffed down. And I had a pattern of doing, well, not doing, because like depression kind of creeps up on you. You don't like do depression. Like even if you don't want to be depressed, like things happen and you wake up one morning and something, something's off and then it just stays off for like nine months. But yeah, there was, I, I'm looking back, there were patterns in my life where I can see the withdrawal. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go to sleep and I'm only going to air quotes function between 6 and 8 p.m. every day, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And that's, that to me, that isn't fight at all. Said, what time did you say again? Six and what? <laughs> six and eight or six and nine p.m. <laughs> between those like hours. on the evening side, so between three hours, that's when you were going to live and function? That's basically what I was doing, yeah. And then, like, 
yeah, I wasn't coming back home in the evening and going straight to sleep because I also had like, I had problems with insomnia and things. I think that's a symptom of depression and anxiety, but it was also nighttime. So it, I, for whatever reason, I rational, I guess I rationalized it somewhere in my head that it was, it was different because it was the evening and I could stay up and just veg out playing video games on my computer or something. But once it got close to morning time and it's like, oh no, the day's coming and no, I would just, I'd check out. And I know for a fact that that's not, that's not fighting because I'm not, I'm not doing any, I'm not trying to find ways to confront this person. I'm not trying to find any ways to get revenge on this person. I am literally trying to do everything I can to avoid ever seeing this person again. That is flight. That's full, full on withdrawal. I mean, I don't like that you would fly. I like the, right, way, right. I like the way you painted the picture. That's, that's what I mean. Okay. Uh, yeah. So in I mean, that situation, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do, honey. You don't try. You do. So in that situation, you, you were flighting. Yeah, so definitely. I can I can also say that even in in other situations in my life, maybe I wasn't fighting. I was actually fighting, in particular with my dad. And that's why I'm, why I'm saying it could be a combination of both. Because in particular with my dad, I think I was more in fight mode than flight mode because I wanted to hurt him. I wanted him to experience <laughs> some of the pain that he had inflicted upon me, the emotional pain, not the pain he had inflicted upon me. And so I found often find myself trying to intentionally hurt him by not calling him on a birthday or whatever, you know. And I eventually threw those things, not all the way, but anyway, I'm still doing my work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I still do my work. You know, because sometimes little girl rises up in me. But um, so I think with with my dad, it was more about fighting. Like I wanted to fight. So I think mm-hmm. it depends on what the situation is. I think it depends on what the trauma is, which direction we find ourselves going. So with that situation, I feel like I was fighting with the sexual abuse, the domestic violence, the um, the all the things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the all I feel like for most of the trauma that happens in my life, I feel like I'm running. But here's what I learned even in running. Even when like when my brother when my brother died in 2012, I had never experienced stuff like that in my life. And so it was new new to me. And I had never experienced pain like that. I just felt so broken and just like I didn't know how to function. I didn't know how to do life anymore. And so I ended up taking antidepressants and I ended up taking Ambien to sleep. And so for me, that was running. But what I learned when I began to wean myself off of all the medication is that everything that I was running from was there waiting for me Yeah. when I came back home. And so what mm-hmm. I learned in trying to run from a situation or, or, or like even with Annalise, Annalise left her hometown. And so she was running from what was supposed to be her safe place. And so, yeah. you know, and so with me, what, what I was saying is, when you allow the hurt. Adorning yourself with the proverbial mask and cape didn't miraculously happen the moment you became an adult. More likely than not, there's a history of trauma dating back to childhood that left you feeling rejected, abandoned, betrayed, and angry. Those emotions don't automatically resolve themselves. As a little black girl, the thing you needed the most was to be seen, heard, nurtured, protected, and loved without condition. When those needs aren't met, you don't get the skills needed to do life as the real you from an emotionally healthy place. If you find yourself in this episode and are ready to start your journey to healing, please consider joining us in the Sister Circle of Healing, 
a 12-week virtual experience for black women to gather in a safe and safer space for healing, connection, and transformation. Join us now at shadesofstrong.com forward slash SOS circle. And the guilt and the shame to push you into this space where you're running just like you did, Natty. You, you, you didn't want to accidentally run into this individual. And so, but was there ever a time where you finally had to not necessarily face him, but finally had to deal with the situation wherever you were, whatever you were trying to hide from, you, you eventually had to deal with. It. Yeah. I, that, that point did not come until much later. Until much later. Long after college. But it does come. After. Yeah, but it, it does. It does it's, come. I succeeded in not ever, you know, I did run into the, him a couple of times on campus and I was always rattled, always heavily mm-hmm. triggered. But, you know, 20, this, let's say I graduated in 1996, all this time has gone by. I've never seen this person again. And that's great. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that, like you said, I didn't have to deal with the pain and the fallout from all of it. It's only been recently, the last several years, that I've had to really sit down and and honestly, like really since 2020, really dig into not just that, not just more into that, but also the other times that I experienced sexual assault and abuse that I had been glossing over in my mind, like, oh no, it wasn't that bad, or no, that's not, I had to actually come face to face with that. And those were things that I sort of was running from too, not as vehemently as the as the other incident, but I still was, I was still trying to, I was still flighting, as you call it, like, I was still running away. And so what you said about like, eventually you have you have to come home and it's still there like it's still there you can't outrun you can't outrun any of this like the only way out of the pain or the anguish or the despair or any of that the only way out it, out of it is through it you have to you have to go through it and i don't mean like relive the incidents over and over again but go through the process of healing and forgiving yourself and having compassion for yourself and facing the the pain that you felt and may still be feeling all of that stuff that stuff will wait and wait and wait and that stuff is the most patient stuff that that I think I've ever exactly. I've ever encountered because yeah you can run for 20 years and it'll still be there it'll when you get there. tired of running it's not it'll going anywhere until you until you face it and if you follow Annalise's story, I think you'll find as the series begins to end, you'll find that she is learning that her obsessive and compulsive behaviors, the need to stay busy, her feelings of panic and anxiety, drowning herself in, in alcohol, you know, and all the things and, and trying to be perfect and being overachiever and overachiever and all those things. Those were her attempts to avoid her stuff. When, when you see the, the series beginning to end, you'll see that she's learning that you cannot, like Natty just said, you cannot run from the unhealed, from your unhealed, tra- your unhealed trauma. And the reason why Annalisa was running was because everything to her would look like danger because again she was robbed of her safe place you know she was robbed of her control so the world looks unsafe to her she couldn't find safety and protection in her mom because her mom clearly knew what was happening to her because she burned the house down with her uncle in it and she did nothing about Mm -hmm. it you know until after it had already happened so she didn't trust her mom she didn't trust her husband because hey he cheated on her like 
the whole line where she says, why is it? <laughs> she said, why is your penis on a dead girl's phone? <laughs> oh, they like, that was in one of the first episodes when the series first started. I never will forget that. <laughs> so oh, that was like man. nobody so that was like nobody in her life like the whole world looked unsafe to her so she was trying to run, run to a place of safety you know and so she she didn't begin to find that until the series was beginning to end and so even in my own life I was just going through my notes and I came across this thing and I'm gonna read it to y'all because I can't remember all what <laughs> sometimes I journal in my notes y'all this was actually written maybe. Do you mind if I read this, Natty? <laughs> no, I don't. Of course it's not. not. It's not super long. But uh, I wrote this maybe three, five years ago. And it says, I'm not going to say I jot on my phone sometimes. It says, you cannot outrun your unhealed trauma. No matter where you go, there she'll be. You can't outwork it. It's sitting next to you burning the midnight oil, too. You can't out-eat it. It's sitting across from you binging on junk food, too. You can't out-exercise it. She's running marathons, too, because I used to run marathons. You can't even go into the darkest pit. It's going there, too, with the flashlight. You can't out-drink it. She likes a good glass of wine, too. The only thing you can do to get rid of her is to heal. That's it, and that's all. And after all the shit you've been through, all the shit you've, been put, you've put up with, you owe it to yourself to heal. And so that was my little, my letter to myself to encourage myself to do the work because you keep running from this thing. You keep pushing these things down, trying to bury it. But it was me. Um, this was my way of getting back to a happy place for me. And so this kind of jump started my healing process to deal with all the things that happened to me. And so like this, like my letter to myself says, you cannot outrun anything that you that you've been through because wherever you go, there you will be. Yeah, she is not going anywhere. She is going to be waiting for you when you get there. So that's why they call it baggage. You know, everybody do have that whole song, "Bag Lady." Mm-hmm. It's your yep. bags. It's so your bags, until you yeah. unpack them, you're just going to exactly. carry them everywhere. That's why you can't outrun. <laughs> Little exactly. you know, you're carrying the bags with you all the time. Exactly. And when you, when, honestly, when you let the guilt and the shame run you from your safe place, your offender wins. Period. Yeah. They win. And I know we don't see that, you know, when we're in the thick of it. We don't see it. But in hindsight, you recognize that you are allowing them to control your life. You are allowing them to control your life. They're they're controlling your life. They they decide when you'll love again, Mm -hmm. when you'll laugh again, when you'll be happy again. They decide all those things for you when you don't give yourself permission to heal. And nobody deserves to have that kind of control over your life. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Mm. Do your work. So here's some things that I think we can reflect on as we begin to wrap, wrap up this episode. What was your safe place in childhood? Was it compromised or violated? How did you respond? And are you still responding? Are you still fighting? Are you still sliding? Are you still freezing? Are you still fawning? Like, what what are you doing? So yeah, those or how are you responding to it? Not are you still responding to it, but how are you, how are you responding to it now? You know? Are you moving through it? Are you fighting, flighting, freezing, fawning? All right. That's all I have. Okay. What you <laughs> I don't have that. That's plenty. That is plenty. That's plenty. All right. 
that is Annalisa's. Natty and I think that it's a combination of fight and flight. We would love to hear what you think. So again, you can hop into our um, Facebook group or you can hop on the Facebook podcast app and tell us what your thoughts are. And um, if you find that you are still fighting or, and you are still flighting and you're still dealing with the, the unhealed trauma or you're not even on the healing journey yet, we would love to support you on your healing journey. And so you can join us in our sister circle of healing. We briefly talked about what that was in the in last thing, did we? Did we? I don't remember. Yeah, we did briefly. 12 weeks. It's, it's a 12-week virtual experience. The first six weeks, we deal with you. Every, like, self-compassion, self-love, um, self-forgiveness. That's the first six weeks. And then in the latter six weeks, we deal with the collective. We deal with the mother wound, the father wound, the sisterhood wound, all those wounds that contributed to why you do the do life the way you do life. So yeah, it's a very comprehensive virtual experience, I think. Yes. <laughs> we try to cover a lot in those 12 weeks so that you get what you came from. And we're not saying that you are going to be healed when the, the 12 weeks are complete. We are saying that you will have started your healing journey. Yes. That's it and that's all. <laughs> Because honestly, that is a lot. That's a lot lot. for 12 weeks. That's a lot for 12 weeks. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah, we would love to have you guys join us. There is an investment attached to it, but it's a reasonable investment. Right now, it's standing at $600. You can pay that in full or you can pay $200, pay $200 a month. So it's up to you. We, we've made it super easy for you to be a part yes. of, the, of the sister circle. So like I say, we would love to have you in it. The investment will gradually increase. So the next time we right. host it, it will be a little more. So yeah, we would love to see you in the sister circle. All right. Yes, anything else you want to ha- add, Natty? No, no, no. I, I look forward to seeing people's feedback on, you know, the different trauma responses and what they think and yeah i'm looking forward to our next episode absolutely all right guys we're gonna wrap up today's episode and we'll be back tomorrow with day 18 Mm